It's the show that makes us talk. Oh my gosh, you know, last night I absolutely got no sleep. Why? Because I was trying to figure out where the sun was at. <laughs> and you know what? What? It dawned on me. <laughs> what about our life? With Chris and Will, Season 2. It is another wonderful episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. How are you? Hi! Yes, we are so happy that you're joining us this week. You want to know why? Because we've already talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again. We are featured in the podcast magazine, The June Issue. Yay! Yes, we have a mention <laughs> on the cover. Yes. And we have several pages in the magazine itself. How yes. exciting is that? It's a part of the Beyond the Microphone uh, article. Absolutely. Yes. It's very, very exciting. You can get the link on our website. It's on our website. And go there and you can get the link and you can check it out. All the great article of Podcast Magazine. Yeah. We want to thank them for inviting us to be on their magazine. What a great article that they did. Amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. A wonderful, <laughs> wonderful article. So how are you guys doing? Are you staying well? Are you staying safe? Are you getting well? Are you getting out? That's the big question. Some people are still at stay at home. Mm -hmm. Some are not. Life is kind of going back to somewhat of a normal. We still got a little ways to go. So how are you dealing with it? How are you handling it? Yes, we're mm -hmm. all handling it in our own little way. Yeah. Um, you know, we moved into a new place and we've just been getting it in gear. We've had some wonderful friends over and mm -hmm. they got to share some of our stuff and see our life and our journey as it was put to us. Yes. And you know, the, the interesting part of it is we're still waiting on furniture. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, we're still waiting on some of that furniture. So hopefully it'll be in soon. But it's exciting. But we are well and we hope you are well. This week, though, we are talking about improving personal development and love versus fear because this is a stay well episode yeah our great stay well series that we've been doing and that continues on we are very excited to have a wonderful guest with us today we're going to talk about that a little bit later but first of all let's go into personal development that is a biggie mm -hmm. especially now yeah especially now because you know what everybody has their own way yeah and you know we talked about this before about freedom of choice. And the thing of it is, we all have choices. That's that's what we are, that's what we're giving in life. No matter what part of the world you come from, you have the freedom of choice. So whether it, it's good, it's bad, or it turns out good, or it turns out bad, you still made the choice. It's still you're still responsible for whatever happens. So the the wonderful thing about what's going on, well, not wonderful, I guess, but the interesting thing about what's going on is the fact that. People are using that that freedom of choice to use their freedom of voice hmm. in a sense, which is wonderful because everyone needs to be heard. We all have to listen to one another. Yeah. So as part of that, 
growing and growth is part of personal development. And, you know, the, the thing of it is, is personal development is basically improved awareness, activities, talent, growth, and quality of life. That's really what it means. And it, it, you know, it's like climbing the ladder when you're looking at a job or at a job and, and you're climbing that ladder for a new position. That's how life is. Every day you're climbing that ladder. But, you know, you're talking about that in freedom of choice. What if it's you get to choose the ladder you want to climb up? Absolutely. Because, I mean, you could be climbing a ladder and go very quickly. That ladder maybe that's not the one for you, you know? Absolutely. And you know, the interesting thing of it is, is life is all about setting yourself in a direction, which sets yourself as a goal. At the beginning of the year, you know, you you really should set yourself at um, beginning goals, minimal goals that you know you can accomplish in the next couple of months. Kind of like set yourself as quarters, quarters out of the year, because the first three months should be your beginning goals on how you want to foresee your life that particular year and starting your long-term goals. And then when you get to your second quarter, it's kind of um, starting the process with that. And you know, the, the, the benefit about what had happened with this pandemic is life gave you that ability to sit back, Mm -hmm. relax, and find that change that you needed to do to go for that Uh long-term goal. So if you didn't set up your beginning goals, the second quarter gave you that. Mm -hmm. And if you did set up your goals, the second quarter gave you the ability to say, okay, how can I progress and develop those those goals? And then you kind of go into your mid-year goals, which would be your your quarter three, which kind of says, okay, I should have met most of my goals minimal goals for the year. Yeah. If not, I need to reset them and redo them again. Mm-hmm. And that's how you kind of grow. And, and you don't, and, yeah. And you don't need to be harsh on yourself. If you didn't meet them, you're like, okay, you just keep going. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, the fourth quarter, that's pretty much you're living those goals and saying, okay, this is what I accomplished. Now, granted, this year, particularly, things are going to change. And, and they're things, changing extremely quickly yeah, depending on what's going on. Things may happen. Things may not. Things may go away that we're used to and we're comfortable with. Business that Businesses that we loved may go away and change and alter things. And, and as sad as that is, that is actually okay mm-hmm. because that's going to leave room for you to readapt and recharge yourself, which is good for personal development. Mm. I think everybody needs that kind of change in their life, but you have to know when to change and you have to be willing to change with it. And you have to keep changing as it goes. And, you know, a good thing with personal development is bonding with yourself. Yeah. Bonding with yourself can mean writing, journal, um, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror, talking to yourself in one little spot, I'll do the same thing when I'm frustrated with something. I'll be talking to myself like I'm talking to a human being. And it's it's just interesting because it helps me breathe. It mm-hmm. helps me get it out. And it helps me rediscover, okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, so bonding with yourself is appreciating yourself and learning how to fix yourself if it needs to be fixed. And continuing on with your journey uh, talking with your faith, setting those goals up with your faith, because that's important. Faith is your best friend. Faith is technically the invisible person or persons or life that you don't see but feel. 
and that you know that you can trust no matter what that guides you. Again, it's like we've said before, it's your Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. taking that, and then of course, many shows before we've talked about identifying your style. Who do you want to be known as when people see you? What, what do you want them to see? So your style is that. And that's kind of how you develop yourself in yeah. a sense. And, you know, I found this wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, article on unfinishedsuccess.com. <laughs> yeah. That's it, an interesting title. Absolutely. Well, it's not the title. It's it's the uh, the title of the um the article. The article. The title of the article is 12 self-improvement tips to change your life. Oh, okay. That's the website. But it's an interesting website at that. It was posted on April 2nd, 2020. And you know, it talks a lot about personal development and it talks about how you can improve yourself. And you know, so in an ask is go, are you willing to make the effort to be better, happier, and more successful? Wow. So those are the choices. I mean you, we only get one shot at life, and it mentions that. So how do you see it? Where do you want to go? Life's not done. It may be harsh at the time, and it may be indifferent at the time, but it's not done. So don't live your life as if, as if it is done, because it's not. It absolutely is not. Well, one of the things, number one, it says walk, which is impressive because we do that That's what we all do. the yeah. time. Yep, it every day. It is free. You can do it at a house. <laughs> In your on a treadmill, or you can go walk outside, walk walk around doing, um, you know, errands, whatever the case may be, walking and keeping in the mood. Yeah, because walking basically it's known to boost your mood. Yeah, it does. Sense. It does because any type of exercise releases endorphins. Yep, which is very very important, mm -hmm. and it's free. It's free. It sounds so funny when you say it, and it's free. That's right. <laughs> and it not only helps you relieve stress, but it helps you release a lot of things. Because if you do it consistently, you start to lose weight. You, your, your mind and your body starts to improve. But, you know, just talking from a different perspective, even if you're not doing it to lose weight, um, also, it's just good just to get like it's like Chris had said, it's a mood changer, you know? So if you're feeling like really down or you're like, ah, I really just don't want to do anything. And then you just kind of set your mind to say, okay, well, you know what? Let me just step outside for a little bit. You know, not only is, is your environment changing, but then you're walking, things are moving, you know, things are going. And then let's say you just go walk out for a tiny bit. Let's just say a couple of minutes. When you come back, you're like, hmm, I feel a little different. Actually, you know what? That was pretty good. So it gets you the it gets the gears moving pretty much. Absolutely. And you know, number two was very interesting. I love this one. Um, eat more blueberries. Blueberries. Yes. <laughs> it says blueberries are a power food that improves your health. Yes. First, blueberries are an anti-inflammatory. Inf inflammation researchers have found leads to a very variety, I'm sorry, of physical alignments, which can, you know, can give you memory loss or memory change or, you know, lose focus or mm. all these different types of things. It's very, very interesting. What I would say. And it says blueberries are fairly high in fiber which, which is a good thing which is a great yeah thing. i would highly suggest blueberry yogurt 
or if there's people out there who like eat meal or eat meal, oatmeal, blueberries with uh, oatmeal, you know, be creative with it. You know, you don't just Absolutely. have to eat it, you know, plain. Absolutely. And I love blueberries. I can make blueberries almost everything. So, yeah. So walk. Oh, blueberry muffins. I yeah, absolutely. That, right? Walk, eat more blueberries. Yes. Those are two things so far. <laughs> Number three, adjust your diet. Now, that is a given because you know what? Your diet depends uh, – your diet focuses on a lot of different things. And, you know, if your diet is really rough, really bad, and you – you put in too many carbohydrates or too many refined sugars, you know what? You are going to have the inability to focus. You're going to have poor sleep, afternoon slump, poor memory, weight gain. I mean, so many different things. That is a given. Everybody tells you that diet, 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 diet. Trust me, I hate hearing that. So I'm not going to spend a lot on that. But if you exercise, whether it's the walking every day or spending at least 30 minutes to try to get your endorphins going, then your mental capacity is going to rearrange your body. So you're going to want to improve your diet either way. And it's going to want you to eat more blueberries. Yep, that's right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, another good thing is the third one it says is take a class. Now, taking a class doesn't necessarily have to be education as far as going to school, going to college or any of that sort of thing. Yeah. Something that educates your mind, gives you a mindset, in my opinion. Yeah. Something that keeps your mind busy. And it can be entertainment. I find that binge watching could be good as long as you're binge watching and not binge watching with potato chips. Yeah. If you're binge watching and not eating, you're doing wonderful, but you don't binge watch all day. But the thing of it is, is if you're doing something to distract your mind from whatever it's going through or going on in the world, then that's good for you. That's yeah. like taking a class because it's going to allow your mind to focus a little bit. Better. Yeah. And not only that, because you're choosing what class, you know, then basically you're, you're, that focus is saying, I'm choosing you. You know what? Let's focus on you. You know, all those other stuff that's going on in the world. Eh, you don't need to look at it or hear about it at the absolutely, moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It also says number four, carry a book with you. Now, Hmm. Carrying a book with you can almost be the same thing as carrying your phone as long as you're off of social media yes. and off of negativity. Now, yes. we are no doctor, so please do not think that we are. Yeah. We are no doctor. But basically, again, it's all about that distraction and that comfort. Some people love to read as it's a relaxation part of therapy. Yeah. And that's good. That's really good. And you can kind of do that with your phone. But another thing that you could do with your phone is listen to music. Yeah. And have that in your in your mind of motivation. And we have found that podcasts yeah. have been the key to that because back in the day, a lot of people used to put those educational cassette tapes in their car and listen. To That's them. right. Yeah. And I yep. think podcasts kind of do that now. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you're listening to a podcast, it's like, reading a book. So that is good. Uh, number five, get enough sleep. That is always the case. Uh, yeah. But you know, again, your diet contributes to that. Your stress level contributes to that. Your day contributes to that. So remember jobs can be stressful. Social media can be stressful. Mm -hmm. Family can be stressful. Oh, yeah. People can be stressful. So you've got to find a balance because once you find that balance, your body is going to want to shut down 
properly. But if you keep everything out there and you keep focusing on too many other things, your body is not going to shut down properly. It's going to keep thinking. The train's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And until you slow that train down, the train's not going to stop properly. Because if you slam on the brakes on a train mm -hmm. while it's going fast, it's going to derail and crash. That's just how it is. So your mind kind of works the same way. Then it kind of goes, number six, it says, create a consistent morning routine. Well, I agree with that to, I don't agree with that. Routines are not always the best habits to have. Yeah. Just make sure if you're going to create a routine that you can change it and willing to change it because you don't want to get too comfortable. Because if you get too comfortable in that routine and let's say something, you wake up one morning and then oh gosh, I did things out of order today, then your body's going to react a certain way to that. Whereas if you know there's just certain things that you do in the morning and then you go on with your day, doesn't matter what order you do them in, as long as what is Absolutely. when you wake up in the morning, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this instead. That's fine. That's okay. Stick to the most important things that are for you yeah. in your mornings and change them up. Do things differently. Like uh, if the first thing that you, you do is your morning routine is to have a cup of coffee, maybe saying, all right, well, every now and again, we'll try it and say, all right, what if I wake up a little bit, um, you know, look at the newspaper, look at my phone, check this, this, that, then have a cup of coffee. So then my mind is all, already kind of pumping through and the blood's kind of functioning. Yeah. So then when the, the coffee picks up, then yeah, you're really, you're really going into it. Because yeah. kind of take... Take a think of this. When you get on a treadmill, you're not going to get on the treadmill while it's going fast. You're going to get on the treadmill while it's not moving or uh, barely moving right. at all. And then usually when you start out, it's pretty, pretty slow. And then as it goes along, then it's absolutely. Up, so, so that's the way your morning routine should be. Yeah. Then it goes to number seven, which we always talk about is love yourself. And that is a very important thing. Mm -hmm. Look at yourself in the mirror and appreciate yourself and stand there in the mirror until you can appreciate yourself. And if it takes all day, then it takes all day. But if you, if you're, you learn to appreciate yourself more, your life is going to be yeah. so much better. Trust and, me, we and, do that all the time. Yeah, definitely. And number eight, it goes value experiences, not things. Nice. So treasure your life and things that's going on. It's an experience for you. It's it's not required. It's an experience for you. And we do that every time. We respect the good and the bad that's in our life because it's important. That's how we learn from it. And number nine, it goes into meditating. Yes. We've talked about before. Another good relaxation tool. Whatever it takes for you to get through whatever you need to get through to go through your day, that's important. And, and also I want to add meditation is a treat. It's not a, I mean, if you want to have it as part of a routine, that's yeah. Okay. But it's a treat. Basically you're treating yourself to you time. Absolutely. So don't think of it as I've got to do this boy. I'm not getting this right. No, just go into it and Hey, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Number 10, it says set goals for yourself in your life. That's what we talked about earlier. Setting those goals, doing them from beginning to uh, mid towards the end. There was quarter goals because if you set goals, then you feel accomplished. You feel successful. Success does not have to be money. Success can yes. be anything that you've gone through or you're doing in life and you're able to wake up and do it again if you had to. That's what success is. And there is, is no preset way success needs to feel. No, also. absolutely. The next thing is accept failure. Of course. But you know what? Don't ever regret 
failure, if you label it as failure, it is always going to be a learning lesson. Learn from it, move on, do what you got to do to make it better to where you don't repeat it again. Don't repeat the unnecessary. That's the way, that's the key thing. thing Accept that you are who you are and you won't have failure. It's interesting you bring that up because, I mean, for people out there who worry a lot, you know, they're worrying about maybe the outcome of things or, oh, maybe I should have done this or maybe I should have done that. With the outcome of things, if it doesn't turn out the way they wanted to, you know what, then that's basically accepting that, you know, and then you know, you learn from it. Absolutely. You know? so, I mean, maybe sometimes labels is why, or we as people, we label things. Maybe that's also in getting in the way of certain things too. And that can cause anxiety or whatever. Absolutely. So, and it yeah. goes into saying, have a mission statement, which again is a goal. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a goal. Mm-hmm. Know where you want to go long-term, know who you want to be and where you want to be. Yeah. That's the, the key thing. Drink more water is the next yes. one that's given. Don't yes. dehydrate yourself. Yes. Water does improve your mind and your body. It wakes you up. It cleanses you, which is a good thing. Um, you know, and I'm not quite sure what it says about use a water pick. I have no idea uh, what it says yay, about that. Sure. Um, it goes into exercising. Use lightweight dumbbells. Well, that's great. That's still exercising. Don't overdo it. That's yes, my thing. Yes. Find a meetup, friends, acquaintances. That's always good. Um, you know, podcast hosts like ourselves can be great acquaintances because every week you're like getting together with us with every new thing that we have going on. Yes. Find a mentor, somebody that you can trust. Uh-huh. It can be your kids. It can be your own fate. That can be your your mentor. The most important thing to get through life, except the past. Wow. You can't change it. So don't try to change it. Find positive-minded people in your life. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Stay off of social media if you can. It's not worth it. Dress for the job that you want. That's your style. That's your style. Be who you are yeah. and be responsible for you who you are. Learn about passive income. Well, money is money. You have to have that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's definitely it's definitely one of those keys that makes the world go round. Declutter your home. Oh boy, get rid of the shit if yes. you don't need it. Absolutely, <laughs> clean it up every once. I in mean, a while. once you have a clean, open space, you're opening that room for positivity. Yes, I mean, come on. Absolutely. And give unconditionally. You know what? Every now and again, why don't you volunteer to do something? Because when I find one of the key things is when you go out in life and you do things for people that are less un- less fortunate than you or can't do the things that you can, you really start to appreciate yourself a heck of a lot more. Uh-huh. And you start to appreciate your life. So go in there and give unconditionally. Don't yes. expect something because it's not worth right. it, you guys. And I think we've talked about this in another podcast episode. But if you're going to go do a voluntary thing, you know what? You choose it. Don't go ahead and have this alternative thing like, oh, well, I'm going to do this for this charity, for this and this and that. Do it on what, yes, what is for absolutely. you, and, and that's that. And finally, it says deal with negativity, and that's an important one. Dealing with negativity is difficult, and it goes into the final thought. Self-improving yourself is hard, oh, and yeah. changing your life is hard. Yes. So don't expect it to happen overnight because it won't. So all you have to do to improve yourself is set those goals 
and tell yourself what you find that needs to be improved because you still can be the person that you wanted to be five years ago. You can still be that person today and you can still be it five years from now. So you just got to find that balance with yourself. Unfortunately, if family is giving you a hard time, find a way to separate with them. If your kids are giving you a hard time, find a way to balance out with your kids. Mm -hmm. Find a way to accept your life and their life and allow it to be and do what you can. And remember, there's always a lot of help out there. So go after and get it Mm -hmm. because that's important. What you don't know how to do things on, you can find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's very interesting with that. So we're going to move on to emotions of love versus fear. That's a huge thing. That is a big one because, you know, um, that's basically about self-improvement. If you, if you haven't a problem with yourself, then you're going to have a problem with someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's key. How you improve yourself is how you improve your love with someone else. And always remember that love is this, it's a natural thing. It's not a trained thing. Yes. It's not an, it's not thrown at you. It is a natural thing. And know that a person or a person or some people who love you are always going to be there no matter how many times you call them pieces of crap. <laughs> and it's a given. If they're around more putting up with whatever you're going through, that's love. Yeah, That's love. But if they're making excuses, running away, walking away, and making you have to find them, that's not love. Basically, that's fear. Yeah, You know, image is a big thing. People who who want image and love image, they always want to be above you. That's what makes their image. So they are going to downgrade you enough to keep them atop. And if you become atop of them, then they get upset and now they become bullying you to make you go back down again. Remember, an image-drawn person or a selfish individual is only concerned about their territory. They are not concerned about yours. That's why they're considered bullies in a sense, because they are Mm one-sided. And family can be that, people. Yes. It totally can, Mm -hmm. and your best friend can too. So you have to pay attention and know who's changing and who's not, who's willing and who's not, who's giving unconditionally and who's not. That's what's important. So... When you take fear, you're fearing a person because, you know what? You don't trust them enough, so you need to get them out. That's choosing out of your negativity. You know, um, mindbodygreen.com did an article on February 28, 2020. It's normal to be scared of love. Mm. How to overcome fear. Yeah. You know, why is so many people afraid of love. Well, it's interesting because love is natural. And when fear comes in and takes away certain things and is perceived in a certain way, then that natural way of being is going to get taken away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so why doubt in a relationship? It's often just a fear of love. We're always going to have second guesses towards each other. That's the way it is. You know, the thing of it is how to overcome fear in falling in love is first of all, name the fear. Wow. Identify what that fear is. What do you think is the problem? You know, why is it a problem? 
replace the lies with the truth. Oh my. Identifying the truth. We talked about this in episodes before. Truth is a hard ordeal. Mm -hmm. So identifying the truth is very important and make peace with the risk of loss. Wow. So again, it's finding that balance. That's how you identify it. So it's interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. Oh, yes. Well, today we have a very great special guest. Dr. Narveen Dassange yes. is with us. She is a top go-to psychiatrist in Manhattan, New York. And she is, gosh, she's a motivational speaker. She's a, a, a health life coach, a mystic spiritual teacher in a sense. Um, she is a psychiatrist and she teaches ancient wisdom and alternative uh, contemporary practices, mental over um, uh, overwellness or wellness, I should say, doctor. She yeah. is incredible. Very, That's very a lot incredible. of fields there. Yes. Many talents. She specializes in mental health issues, anxiety, abuse, relationship, parenting, family conflict, and so much more. And this wow. is going to be a great conversation. Oh, boy. We are so excited to have her. She's so well needed right now. Yes. So sit back, relax. Narveen Dassange is coming up. We are honored to welcome one of New York's top psychiatrists, Dr. Narveen Dosange. Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. Appreciate you asking. First of all, so how are you doing during these grand times of our life now? Uh, like everybody else. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, yes, taking it one day at a time. Um, you know, we've never gone through a time like this before. Right. You know, individually or or collectively. So this is this is a unique time for all of us, uh, and the, trying to make the best of it and, and navigating my way through, just like everybody else. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So let's go a little bit into your uh, background a little bit. So tell me what kind of work you do. I am a psychiatrist. Uh, I'm a medical doctor, so went through all the typical medical school training and all of that. I am a integrative psychiatrist. Uh, a psycho-spiritual psychiatrist. And uh -huh. what that really means is I, I combine, you know, the Western science with, you know, Eastern wisdom and different modalities of, of treatment that are, you know, integrative and holistic in nature. Wow. Wow. Very nice. So what made you want to go into that type of field? Well, uh, I always, from a young age, wanted to be a doctor. And then when I went to medical school, uh, I, there was, and I was always, you know, spiritually inclined from a very young age. So into meditation and spirituality from like five, six years old, uh, wow. something I explored on my own. Uh, my whole life. And then I, when I went to med school, there was a disconnect between, uh -huh. you know, that world, uh, you know, the, the, the meditation and the mindfulness and the right. spirituality. And, you know, there was a big disconnect between that and the medical school that I experienced, like medical life as, as it is, and, and the right. training that we experience here in the West. And I, you know, I, I really felt that there was a need for both things to coexist and to merge. Um, and that both things could coexist 
and uh, I became very interested in combining everything together uh, in, in, in a way that would serve people more holistically uh, for their needs and for them to, to, you know, get better, heal, improve, whatever you call it. Wow, that sounds really interesting, like a real balance. I mean, that's incredible. Yes. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Welcome. Yeah, balance. The word balance is key. <laughs> the yes, <word> balance. <laughs> absolutely. Especially in today's uh, world, it is definitely key. Mm-hmm. So kind of speaking on that a little bit, um, you know, since we started doing these these new Stay Well episodes, the one thing that uh, we've been talking with with a lot of different specialists and doctors is the growing problem that we are starting to see and maybe not completely see of the mental health industry. So I have to ask you, do you think that the mental health industry is going to see a larger increase in cases since this pandemic has started, or do you think it'll be somewhat leveled? Oh, no, I definitely think that there's going to be an increase. And I, and I think that, you know, this time is highlighting for people, you know, problems that already exist and things that are, you know, kind of happening within us that we just never gave attention to where we pushed away or, you know, and I, and I think that this, this, all these conditions are exacerbating stuff that's already there. Mm -hmm. And Uh then for, uh, for other people, you know, creating, you know, new issues, uh, it is a very trying, uh, difficult time. And I know uh, from colleagues and from everywhere else that psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists, are are overloaded and you know they're getting a lot of calls and a lot of appointments from people that are very distressed right wow Mm -hmm. so what would you say would be the signs to look for in a person that you might think is developing a uh, mental issue that you may have not ever seen before well, I think it's important to pay attention as much as we can in, you know, the, the period of being isolated in our homes. And maybe sometimes we have those people within our home and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're just able to engage with them through, you know, a Skype call or Zoom or whatever right. it may be. I think, it's a, I think it's important to pay attention to, you know, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're expressing, uh-huh. um, but also sometimes what they're withholding. You know, are, are they becoming more quieter? Are they isolating more? Do you feel they're becoming more anxious? Do you notice them, you know, becoming more fearful than usual? Uh, Are they having kind of like a doomsday, you know, scenario in their mind that they can't seem to seem to really pull away from? Uh, You know, are they not sleeping? Are they not eating? Uh, You know, has something shifted within them? And whether that's Uh sadness, whether that's anxiety, you know, whether that's paranoia, you know, it has something shifted that you haven't felt before or seen before. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, you're talking about all those different things, like as far as, you know, withholding or, um, you know, not expressing as much. Uh, What should we do to help without causing fear? Well, I think it's important uh, to to be gentle. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we also have to recognize that this is a, you know, a trying time for everyone. And with that in mind, being gentle in our approach and, you know, softly suggesting, 
hey, you know, how are you doing? Checking in. Uh, uh-huh. Let's, you know, let's make some Zoom appointments together. Or, you know, maybe if you're, if it's somebody in the home, let's go for a walk together one-on-one. I just tell me how you're really doing. How are you really feeling? And, and then also respecting that sometimes that person maybe doesn't want to tell you everything. You know, you may be the mother, the father, the sibling, the daughter. You may, you know, they just, they don't want to really open up completely to you. And, you know, and I think it's a, it's a perfect time to suggest and say, hey, you know, I've noticed maybe you're not doing so well. You don't have to talk to me about everything if you don't want to. But mm-hmm. maybe it's a good idea to, like, talk to a therapist or, hey, what about, you know, aunt so-and-so or, you know, just, just trying to encourage uh, connection, whether that connection and expression is with us or whether that connection and expression is somewhere else for them to be fully comfortable. And just softly encouraging that at this time, I think, is important. Okay. I, um, nice. I definitely agree with that answer. And something that came up to my mind uh, when you were talking about that is, what if you reach out to somebody and like, let's say you want to do FaceTime or a Zoom call, as you had said, but they say, I really don't have much to talk about at the moment. Is there like a gentle or some type of response that would be necessary in that situation? Or as you said, just let them be as they are? Well, no, I, I think I think uh, it's very important to encourage some type of human connection during these times that that can feel very um, isolating to a lot of people. Uh, during that, you know, saying something like, "Oh, oh great, cool," you know, you don't want to talk today. Uh, how about Thursday? You know, I'd really just like to check in, even if just for a few moments or a few minutes, just to connect. You know, I think that would be would be important to do that. Okay. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. It kind of going on that subject, we have um, Willie here, of course, has dealt with a lot of different, I say, anxiety issues, but a lot of mental issues that evolved around family acceptance, in a sense. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, we've dealt with different types of therapists to counselors to even psychiatrists, in a sense. And sometimes when you go into those appointments, you you automatically get that sense that you know they really aren't in it for you if that if that makes sense that they they give you that sense that you're just another appointment and that you're you're okay well here we we spend a lot of time on notes and we spend a lot of time on the actual timing of the the appointment mm-hmm. so do you think that there is an existence between a obvious good versus a bad um psychiatrist and should the psychiatrist kind of have some sort of a connection with their patient or should it just be an appointment based you see what i mean yeah absolutely i mean i think that connection is very very important you have to if there's anybody that you should be feeling uh, connected to is that should be a therapist a coach a psychiatrist this is not really something that i think can be done well when you don't feel that, feel some level of connection. And, you know, yes, it's true that, you know, they're, they have to have boundaries and, and, and they have to have certain regulations around appointments and, right. and all of that is true. You know, that, that's, that's a pressure on their end from their profession. Uh, but even with that, you know, uh, even with those parameters, I always tell all of my patients, all of my clients that, you know, whether whoever you're looking for in this field you have to feel a connection. And it's, it's kind of like trying, going to the shoe store and trying on tons of shoes and finding the shoe that fits. Uh, right. And you sometimes have to do that. You sometimes have to 
talk to a numerous amount of people to really find the connection that works for you. But I, I absolutely think it's instrumental. I think it's, it's part of the therapeutic process. I think you will get so much more out of the therapy and the, and the, or the psychiatrist or whomever uh, if you feel some level of connection with that person than otherwise. Right. And I agree with that. Uh I agree with that. And the sad thing of that notion is, is we kind of had a expectation in a sense to that doctor that we, that we did think we connected to, Mm -hmm. but when some of them would say, oh, well, we have a connection, but you shouldn't expect me to, and we've, believe it or not, have been told this, you shouldn't expect me to be able to heal you and make you feel better. And the our response was is well then why are we here if that's if that shouldn't be our goal then why are why are we here so do you think we we were wrong in having a doctor expectation or do you think it's it we should have an expectation on a doctor hmm well that's a that's an interesting question uh, on one hand i think that you know yes like the 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 therapist, the coach, the healer, the psychiatrist, whoever it is, they, uh-huh. you know, they're not necessarily God, right? And they're not right. going to make oh, yes, everything perfect, right? And they're not going to make everything go away. So, right. so, so I think that's, that's sometimes like that's, that is an unrealistic expectation. Right. But, and there are some people out there that have that expectation. Um, now, but short of that, I think that, you know, if you, um, yes, you, you should feel better. You know, the whole point of you talking to a psychiatrist or being with a coach or it's like after that session, there should be, you know, some feeling of, of being better. Some, on some days and some moments, it might be 5% better. On other days, it might be 50% better yes. or 80% better. But absolutely, uh, you know, you want, and, and, and also, you know, it also depends on so many other, you know, things like what are, you know, the, like the parameters of the conversation. Right. Obviously, if you're, if you're talking about something really heavy and dark, you know, that's bringing up a lot of stuff for you. You're not going to feel so great once you once you finish with that session. But, you know, considering considering uh, all of those things, which I think people understand, uh, generally speaking, I think, yeah, you, you should. The whole point of a good therapeutic relationship is that you walk away feeling a little bit better. And that's why you do it. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And thank you for saying that because that's, we kind of would coach when he would go into the session and we would kind of coach each other on how it, how it was. And there would be cases to where he liked the therapist that he had, but at the same time, he wouldn't go in there by himself for some reason. And she couldn't quite understand that. And then when I explained it to her that, you know, he has he has some trust issues that he's got to work out. And when you do certain things, he's going to lose that trust in you. So he has to rebuild that trust. And it she just didn't quite get that. So yeah. thank you so much for saying mm-hmm. that. I agree. So... I have to ask you. You did a present a TED Talk presentation that was based off of Love versus Fear, which I loved, by the way. Really, absolutely Thank loved. You. Tell me, can you, tell me really quick? Go, can you dissect that a little bit and tell me a little bit about your presentation? So the TED Talk was really breaking down these very raw, fundamental emotions of all humans, which is fear and love and uh-huh. really breaking the, the 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 complex system of fear from a neurobiological perspective in our brains to understand 
what is fear? You know, what is that about? How, how are we wired to experience fear? And then how does that really relate to the life that we live? And then how does that impact the society that we live in? So it's understanding that we are wired biologically to experience fear. It's something uh-huh. that we have innately adapted, we've adopted from our ancestors. And, you know, it's supposed to serve a purpose. We can't turn it off, but we, ha- we have to understand it in a more deeper, meaningful way. So the talk was really about understanding and dissecting the fear process in the brain, um, knowing that there are different pathways that are happening um, from, a, from a neuroscience perspective. And then, you know, taking that and saying, okay, well, if, if my fear reactions are really then conditioned and, and they can be influenced by my environment and uh-huh. by the information that I take in and the things that I see and all the subconscious kind of coding, then how then does that really play a role when I experience another human being or other human beings or other groups of people? How does that impact us? Uh, you know, whether we're working in the police force or we're working as a doctor or we're having, you know, a bias as a teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so really it's about connecting all of those dots and then essentially recognizing that you can choose um, throughout our lives in these little small ways or bigger ways to choose really love or, or fear. And you can make that choice as a human being and then make better choices and have better reactions. Right. Now, would you say that that would work for the same thing as far as people developing anxiety in like today's world with what's going on right now? Well, yes, anxiety is, is fundamentally a fear response, right? So, uh-huh. so fear and anxiety are, are really the same thing, right? So anxiety is stemming from a, essentially a fundamental fear. So if we look at everything as, as, and we're able to dissect it and say, well, you know, instead of saying, what am I anxious about saying, what do I, what do I fear right now? What is it that I really fear? And then keep going deeper with that question because behind, you know, uh, one fear is another fear and another fear. So I think that absolutely today in today's world, of course, people have uh, all types of fears and uh, you know, they're not unreasonable. You know, it's not about, it's not about saying, not about sugarcoating and saying everything's perfect. And uh-huh. we know for sure that, you know, everyone is going to be okay and saying things that are just, just not true. You know, um, the essential truth is we, we don't know. But the, if we take that further, we never really know. We've never really known, right? It's confronting a reality right. uh, that is always present, right? Which is that really they're, all there is is this present moment and we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen a month from now or six months from now. Um, it's all kind of a false security that we give ourselves in, in kind of these stories that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel secure. But essentially, we've never known, we don't know, and really confronting that fear of the unknown uh, and going deeper with that, I think is going to help people during this time. Now, do you have any techniques that are, are easier ways for a person to, I want to say, avoid getting anxious about something? Yes. Uh, you know, there's there's things you can do. You know, there's smaller things you can do and bigger things you can do. So, yes, you know, anxiety is something that, you know, takes uh, a lot of different tools to manage. And whether that's from meditation and mindfulness, you know, focusing on the present moment, whether it's using your breath, whether it's distracting yourself from things that are anxiety provoking, whether it's finding, you know, meaning, whether it's 
you know, recognizing that there's a flaw in the way you're kind of perceiving things and to, and to really, you know, remind yourself of, of what's most probable. Um, because typically, usually what's most probable in reality isn't the fear that you're fearing. You know, yeah. uh-huh. it's that most likely you're going to be okay. Um, most likely, most likely, everything's going to be fine and, and be just fine one day. Uh, and to, you know, recognize that situations are not permanent, you know, to remember to take, do, do things for yourself that would, you know, mean that you care, you know, self-care. Self-care is a broad term and there's a lot of things in self-care, but, you know, whether that's exercise or whether that's watching what you eat, whether that's keeping a routine, whether that's finding a task that you can find joy in, right. whether, you know, distracting yourselves in ways to take your mind off of the stressor, the anxiety-provoking stressor, which may be the current situation, and saying, okay, well, then what can I do instead? If I, can't, if I don't ruminate about this, you know, what other practices can I uh, adapt into my routine on a daily basis so I can reduce that anxiety, you know, picking up, uh, picking up something that you want to do that's, that's more creative or movement of some uh-huh. sort, a walk, fresh right. air. You know, all these things make makes such a difference in anxiety and it requires discipline and routine, but it's important to do at this time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now kind of going in that subject a little bit and changing up just a tad bit, how would you say um, would be the best way for a person to deal with um, being disowned by family? I mean, it's not the same as the anxiety that you get with what's going on now, but let's just say now out of, all the time in the world that we've had, this will being disowned by family for whatever reason will affect you more now because you don't have that connection to reach to family for comfort. So what would you say would be the best tips to help them get out of being anxious and, and feeling that they're lost? Well, that's a very deep subject and uh, there are a lot of wounds in that scenario and in that situation. The it's it's important uh, at this time to really get the most out of all the connections that you do have, and uh-huh. to pull from the love that you do have. And not everybody has those perfect family connections, right? right. And that's okay because there there's a family. It may not be the family you're born with, but it might be the family you created. So whether it's a coworker, whether they're coworkers, or whether they're you know friends, or whether they're whomever it may be, there are people out there that do care about you and do love you, and it's some form of love. It may not be the parental love that you ideally desire right now. Right. It may not be the sibling love that you ideally desire, but it, there is, I think, really kind of making it a point to reach out to those connections, have those connect, you know, to connect on a regular basis with those people, to really practice self-love, self-acceptance, self-soothing, loving yourself, being in the present moment, enjoying your own company, you know, that's also important. And self, you know, acceptance, really accepting that, look, this is the way it is right now. I can't reach them. Uh, but the only thing I can do right now is accept this moment for what it is, accept that that's the situation right now. I can't do anything about it. But, but what I can do is make the most out of every single day and just loving myself, taking care of myself, making most out of the love and the connections that I do have uh, and keeping constant contact with the people that do love me and I right. love them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, 
wow, that was a total moment for me because, yeah, I've been disowned by my parents and, you know, talking about past and stuff like that, is there a best way to let go of a negative past? You know, it takes, you know, it, it pain is a complicated thing and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of modalities. And every single person or soul or spirit, however you want to call it, needs to find it's a journey. They need to figure out their journey with it. It's a journey. It's not a day. It's not a moment. It's a journey. And I, I, my suggestion is always in that scenario, find and discover your journey with your pain. So for some people that can mean that may not mean the traditional, you know, therapy and psychiatrist. And mm-hmm. it may mean, you know, a, a dance and art and, oh. you know, sculpture, sculpting and finding, finding ways to metabolize. I like, that's the word I like to use to metabolize that pain um, or reading or writing, uh-huh. yeah. you know, or finding other formats where you can really kind of address that painful part of your life because it, it isn't just going to be, it's such a deep thing. It's such a deep rooted thing. Yeah. And it's, it sits very, you know, it sits in your subconscious mind. It sits in your spirit. It sits in your soul. And it's, it, it takes, it takes work. It takes work. You know, it takes a lot for that to have happened and occur and, and to have imprinted on your spirit. And it's going to take time and effort to figure out ways to kind of detangle it from yourself the best that you can. And yeah. I think it's about finding, getting acquainted with that journey and asking yourself, okay, if, if, if I'm having, going to have a journey, a journey of healing and I want to step onto this journey of healing, what's for me? You know, do I want a therapist here? Do I want a life coach here? Uh, do I want to have a, a creative element? Do I want to write? Do I want to dance? What, what for me, you know, makes sense to heal? Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I totally can relate to that because, I mean, my talent is I love to play music. Um, I play piano and stuff like that, but it's been quite a while since I've played. So what I'm feeling is like taking that creative expression and then that's letting go of my past. And that felt weird, but good at the same time saying that. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. Now, how would you say uh, or what? how would you address to a person maybe like myself who who it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to help him get through what he's going through. And maybe at some points when he's ready to give up in a sense, do you have certain advice that you would give to the person that's helping one not give up? Hmm. Well, I think in that situation, uh, you know, frustration with like with everything else with everything in life right there are pure, right. are times in, in in our journey that we'll feel despair or frustrated or overwhelmed or we just want to give up because it's too overbearing and i and i think as the as as the partner to that is observing that and trying to help them through you know to honor those moments uh-huh. right and to say for a little while you know i i understand this this is a lot it's a lot. And I, I totally get it. If you want to take a break from your therapist for a week or, you know, you don't want to do that dance class for a week, uh, I, I get it. Uh, and, you know, honoring them in that space, but then and then letting it kind of 
go for a couple of days or a week or however long and then and then revisiting it and saying, you know, it's been a good break and you've done so good. You've come so far. You know, how, you know, what do you think about, you know, making another appointment with so and so or what do you think about going to that dance class again? You know, I think that's the way to do it is to just to also honor those moments when someone does feel frustrated and has that despair and giving them that space during that time for a little while is important. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, one thing I really was interested in is like in those moments when like you had mentioned, like, like, for example, if I took a break for a couple of days and if I was feeling really low or whatnot, is it better to uh, like talking inside your your mind or whatever? Is it better to talk to yourself in first person like you know, I love myself, or is it better to speak in like another person, like you should do this, or I don't know if that makes sense or not, but does that make sense? <laughs> yes, yeah, it does, it does, it does. I, I, I like the more, I, you know, I love myself rather than you, because I feel like when you, when you get into the dialogue of you, it's, it can become punitive very quickly, you know, ah. and the self-talk becomes negative, uh-huh. you know, versus saying like, I am a strong being, I am, you know, powerful, I am right now, you know, just tired and taking a break. Um, so I, I, there is a difference, there's a subtle difference, but I think it's, it's powerful the way you speak to yourself. So absolutely, I like I better than you. I'm really glad you answered that because I've struggled with that a lot. And so it's like gone back and forth many times and it gets very conflicting or confusing at some points. And then, so then I don't know which one to stick with. And I guess that's part of the whole confidence thing. But now that you've mentioned that the I am is more, uh, more confident then I know I can stick with that one. Yeah. I, I definitely suggest that. So you also talked about, uh, a uh, mood boost out of depression. Can you talk about that a little bit? So mood boost out of depression, uh, there's many things you can do for uh, boosting your mood. Uh, That can be whether they're herbs or they're supplements, um, whether they're things that you can do in terms of like actual uh, habits that you can incorporate in your life, like the meditation and the yoga and the breathing and the walking and the exercise and the diet. You know, so there are all these different things you can do to uh, to kind of help you with depression. Uh-huh. I myself have created a um, a supplement called Elevate, which is available on Amazon, and th- that's a, a natural supplement for a depression. It's not a it's not a medication, uh, and it's not FDA approved. It is a it, it's a natural supplement combining different vitamins and minerals. Um, and some herbs to to use that to help people with mood. I found it to be very helpful in my practice for a lot of people who were, you know, depressed and they were mildly depressed and and kind of like moderately depressed, but not severely depressed where they needed medication or in some cases didn't want medication. Uh, Uh So I found over the years as I was working with all these different tools in my box, you know, with herbs and vitamins. And I found some things to be quite effective that weren't medication. And my patients would ask for it. And so I decided to put it all together and, and come up with Elevate. And uh, that's been a supplement that uh, helps a lot of people kind of get out of that mild depression, depression, uh, depressive state and kind of, you know, improve from there without having to take any medication. Wow. 
And you know, you you mentioned that. I want to say I've I have we have taken that before, or I we've heard about it. Heard we, about we it. Knew yeah. People that actually took it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, it's it's gotten really good reviews. So I I did not know that uh, you created. Yeah. That. So yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Interesting enough, because when you said that, yeah. I'm like, elevate, elevate, that elevate. Where, so do, familiar. Yeah, where have I heard <laughs> that before? And when you started saying that, I'm like, you know what? I know, I know I've known some people that have taken it. Uh-huh. I know I have, because I, I remember, I just, I can't remember who or when, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good product according to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. That is amazing. So what well, made so I so you still sell it now and is it uh, is it growing or is it do you plan for it to grow even higher? Well, it's exclusively sold on Amazon now. So you would just search for Elevate, uh, and then the company is called Neuro Nourish. But if you put Elevate or Dr. Desange, it should come up. It it's exclusively on Amazon. Uh, as of now, I've quite frankly, it, I really haven't done any advertising or anything at all. I've just had the patients in my practice take it. A lot of the dons that want to try it, try it. And then when they like it, if they think it's, you know, good for their family or friends, they recommend it. And really, that's, that's really the only, uh, the only way that people know about the supplement. So, um, yeah, so right now, it, it, you know, it's kind of just my small practice and, and, and the people that take it and, and know about it, know about it and have had wonderful results. Uh, uh-huh. which I'm really proud of. Wow, you should be. Yes. And that's interesting. Word of mouth is incredible, and in, mm-hmm. especially in this situation, because I'm telling you, I've heard it. I have heard it before, if not seen it in my in my very hands or seen somebody else say that they have taken it. It's yeah. a small world. That is so interesting. <laughs> that is That is a small world. It's a very yes. small world. That is mm-hmm. incredible. Hey, word of mouth works. Yes. Then that's that's a good thing. So let's kind of go a little bit into, um, you know, failure. I, I know that that has to be a big subject, especially with right now, with so many different things happening and, you know, people in their heads getting foreload or laid off or can't get benefits or they should have done this a little better. Or they thought they did this better and it didn't work out that way. Um is there a good way to deal with failure, no matter the, no matter how it came about? Yes, I mean it's it's a difficult time. It really is, and a lot of people are going through so much, uh, you know, financial stress, right. stress, job uncertainty, um, really questioning themselves, questioning kind of like their past decisions, their present, their future. Uh, it, it's a very tough time, and yes. you know, failure. It what the thing about failure is that it's something that we in life inevitably are always we're going to have to confront it in some form or or another right it comes and it creeps up in our life and here it is we failed at something or we think we failed at something and I think that you know the important thing is not to internalize the failure the important thing is to recognize that the failure doesn't define you you are not a failure Uh something has failed a business can fail the economy can fail the system can fail you know the coronavirus can you know cause failure of many things in in our society Uh, but it it doesn't mean that you are you know And and i think we're very people are very hard on themselves Yes. At a time when when we really need to be kind to ourselves, and now more than ever, is you have to be 
find yourself in a place of self-compassion as often as you can, because you're going to have this like voice that's like, oh, but you know, I'm a failure and this and that. And it's like, nope, nope, it's not you. Don't internalize that emotion. You know, that's, that's not for you. You are not a failure. The, the failure occurs. It happens. Things outside of you fail. It doesn't make you a failure. So I think that's where the key is, is not to internalize that emotion of failure and then to really kind of sink it into your bones and then you act like you're a failure and then you think like you're a failure and then you have all these thoughts about the future that are catastrophic where you have failure everywhere imagined in the worst possible way in your future. Right. That's what you don't want to do. You know, you don't want, you want to separate and say, whoa, 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 I'm not a failure, you know. Things can fail, but that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. You have to separate that wow. in your own head. Absolutely. Well, that's amazing. So, like, what I gather is that basically, like, I don't need to blame myself for stuff that is out of my control because, like, if things are failing around me, that doesn't mean that, you know, I that I was blamed for it. You know, it's basically saying, yes, yeah, stuff happened. But I can continue being my happy, awesome self and life keeps going. So that's really interesting that you said that. That's a great way to look at it. That's, that's the way you need to be right now. It's so important. Absolutely. So it kind of makes me wonder on this one. Curiosity, uh, do you agree with regret? I don't like regret. So right. the, I don't either. A, but it's a tricky, is it, yeah, it's a tricky thing because I will say this. I think it's absolutely important to, uh, you know, look at, recognize our mistakes, recognize, you know, learn and grow from experiences and, and learn from where we went wrong. And to have a moment sometimes, you know, sometime in our day or in our life where we are assessing and evaluating and, uh, and then saying, okay, you know, these are the mistakes I made. This is what I could have done differently. These are the ways, these are the lessons that I've learned. Now I want to grow from this. Right. And once you do that, after that evaluation, I think, then you cannot sit with regret. It really, you got to free yourself forward and you got to just say, all right, now that I've, I've learned my lessons, the universe, God, self, whatever you believe in, um, I've learned my lessons from this. I've recognized my mistakes. I'm sorry if there's a sorry that you need to, you know, uh, dish out to, to anybody. Um, you know, you definitely apologize. And even to yourself, you apologize. And then after that, you have to kind of, uh, the, you can't let regret creep in. Because that's not, you know, I really do believe emotions carry energy. And it, regret is not, a, is not a, a high, high kind of high vibration emotion. It's one of the low ones. It's one of the ones right. we want to kind of stay away from. It doesn't help with anything. It's not going to propel you forward. It's not going to help you be better. It's not going to help you make your future better or for you to even take the growth and the lessons from that, from the past and apply them in any, in any real successful way. If you're filled with regret, you're not, all it's going to do is just pull you back and drag you down. Right. Absolutely. Wow. I agree. And one thing I always say is when people kind of throw in their regret and say, oh, well, if I could go, if I could go backwards and change something then I would. And I, I always tell people said no, because if you go change that one thing, you change everything that happened after that good and bad. And you're still going to be left with something that you're going to want to change again. So I always say you learn from what you think you could have done better and you do better for today. 
So yeah, the method's Absolutely. almost the same. Yes, uh, and and you know it almost kind of, kind of comes down to the same thought process you had with love versus fear. I believe in the presentation you talked about observe and then proceed. Yeah. So it's almost the regret is almost the same thing. You observe it and then you you choose on how you want to proceed, whether you proceed from learning from it or just keep that negativity in your in your life. Absolutely. And it's and, and and you're so right about that. You know, you and what it's doing is it's really taking your attention away from the present moment and to the past. Because right. the thing that you're that you're regretting is in the past. How is it that, you know, in your present moment you are affecting your present moment and your future moments by ruminating and thinking of and regretting the past. Right. So you really do have to observe and step outside of that, that thought process and then ask yourself which, which direction you want to go. And if the direction is forward, then step back, let go, and move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you also talk about uh, yoga and meditation, and you mentioned that just recently. Is there a good way to determine the best type of meditation that's for you? Uh, well, one is trial and error. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. know, there are, it, it, meditation has become, and it's beautiful because if any, if anything needs to become popular, great. It's wonderful that it's meditation, but there are so many things out there, right? And, uh, like for, I, I did create a, it's called, um, it's on teachable.com. I made this meditation library about three, two, two, I think maybe two to three years ago. Um, uh-huh. And what I did in that library, and you can, it's on my website, if you go to drnervindesanjmd.com, it's there through Teachable. But what I did in that library is particularly address this issue, because I hear this question all the time of, well, how do I know which meditation is for me? You know, is it transcendental? Is it these breathing techniques? Is it mindfulness? So what I did in that, in, in the meditation library is I, I created all these videos that had different styles of meditation. Uh-huh. And you could try all of them. There's like about 35 of different meditations. The videos, I think, are like 20, 25 minutes. And you, you know, you learn about it and you try it and you see because it really, it's not one size fits all. It really isn't. And uh, that's one piece that I think I want everybody to understand. There are differences, you know. So when someone's like, oh, I tried meditation and it wasn't for me. Well, it's like, no, you tried probably tried one type of meditation and that probably wasn't for you but there are so many different kinds you know there's walking meditations there's breathing there's there's ones that have to do with pranayama and a little bit more kind of yoga like there's others that are a lot more silent there there are others that are mindfulness based uh there's just so many different types there's apps that are out there there are teachers and centers that are out there and i will say that of, of all things the one piece that I think people always miss with meditation. I think it's very important, unlike most other disciplines, the teacher is very important in meditation. There, there's, you know, I believe in, in, in energy and connecting to somebody's energy. And you will find that you could, you know, it's not really a script, right? So you could like, someone else can say the same script, and it really, it's not that complicated. Uh-huh. But for some reason, when you're around a certain teacher, there's something about when you are in their energy and in their space and in their field and their vortex and they're teaching you in meditation and they're sitting with you in meditation, you just feel like you can go to a deeper level, your mind is quieter, there's, there's something to that connection versus sometimes if you meditate with somebody else who's just kind of going through a script and they're not 
themselves very evolved or conscious or, yeah. you know, maybe haven't done the inner work. And you're like, eh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Didn't really get anything out of that. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, I, in, in Manhattan, you know, there's all these like different places of meditation and I would direct my patients. Uh, I said, Hey, I've got this meditation library. Please go out and explore a billion more. Um, and find and find a teacher that you resonate with, you know, because there are like Zen centers and things like that in Manhattan. And my patients would come back and say, you know, and I exactly like you were right. They're like, there's this one teacher on Tuesday, you know, that I love that like when I go and do that meditation, I feel great. Like I can uh-huh. actually my mind can become silent. But on other days when I have another teacher, it could be the exact same meditation, but I didn't get the same benefit. Uh-huh. And yep. pay attention, pay attention, find Find the teacher that you connect with. You have to find that. When, with meditation, it's so important. Absolutely. Wow. Now, what services do you offer um, to the general public? So, uh, well, right now, telepsych. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so, <laughs> so, yeah, telepsychiatry uh, videos. Um, so, yes, I do. I do all types of uh, so psychiatric appointments, consultations. Uh, you know, they can be, it can be therapy, it can be a, an evaluation of just the person's mood, if they're looking for direction with medications or herbals and supplements, uh, you know, or if they're looking for energy healing, uh, which I do as well. Wow. Uh, so I do all type. I do all kinds of things. I've, I've, uh, I, I used to do, I mean, now with, with COVID, it's, you know, it's different, but we, I teach a class called Mind Body Kinetics in Manhattan that would combine like yoga and healing techniques and energy healing and affirmations. And I would do that at, at a yoga, like at a yoga studio. So I would teach that class sometimes. And, uh, but for now, it's basically telepsychiatry through video uh-huh. and doing, depending on what you're needing for yourself, uh, an appointment for either a psych evaluation or therapy or, you know, a recommendation for just mood stabilization, whatever you may need, uh, I do and I do it through video. Very nice. Yeah. And they can get all this on your website? Yeah. So on my website, you can just directly book an appointment. Um, it's, it's if you Google Dr. Nervine Dosanj, D-O-S-A-N-J-H, You'll see the website come up. You see my and on that website, you can just directly go on there and yourself make an appointment on the calendar, uh, and we can connect. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, what would be your final advice to say to the world that is gonna have to accept the new change that we're about to all go into? Yes. So, you know, the first thing is acceptance. Right. And I know everybody's resisting acceptance Uh that the world has changed. So the first piece of this is just accepting what is right. So we don't know what's going to happen six months from now or a year from now, but we do know what's happening in our immediate, in our present, in our immediate future. So acceptance, you know, and, and that's a real big term. So saying, okay, I have accepted that the world has changed and shifted. And then remembering that you are an adaptable human being, that human beings are adaptable and they have adapted to all types of situations and things throughout time, that you will get through it through this, you can get through this, you're going to get through this, there's going to be the other end of this, you may not know when, but there is, and to take everything one day 
at a time. That's all that we can do collectively. And to, you know, everything has a lesson. Every single thing, no matter how our mind labels it, good or bad, has a lesson. So ask yourself, you know, what is this moment in history teaching me, teaching us? And you can come up with your own thoughts and ideas and conclusions because there's something to gain from this. Have you, uh-huh. is, it, is it asking you to look deeper? Is it asking you to connect more? Is it asking you to, reminding you what's truly important in life? Is it having you confront fears that you wanted to suppress? What is it that this, these, these moments are giving you? And then telling yourself that this new normal is, it exists, you're going to be okay, you're going to adapt like everybody else, and you're going to make it through. Because history has shown us that human beings and civilizations are immensely res- you know, resilient. We are resilient. And right. we have come through uh, historically a lot of things, whether they were pandemics or world wars or, you know, you know, catastrophic, um, you know, catastrophe, whether it's a tornado or a tsunami. I mean, human beings have always been resilient and we will make it through. And you have to believe that you have to believe it, believe it for yourself and your kind of microcosm of a world. And then you have to believe it on the larger scale for for all of humanity. Absolutely. Yeah, very good advice. Wow. Very good advice. Well, doctor, thank you so much for being on our show and giving us your wonderful time and your thoughts yes. and creating those wonderful programs that you do. And I can't say enough. We do appreciate your services uh-huh. and what you're offering to the general public because you're very much needed and appreciated. Yes. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so, so much for having me. And all of you stay safe and stay healthy. With everything going on in today's world, we are so happy that Narveen joined us and gave us a little bit of peace of mind. Of course, yes. Absolutely. Love versus fear. Think about that. Practice Mm -hmm. it. It's a good thing. We love hearing everyone's voices, but we have to do it responsibly. That is the way of life. Yes. Well, we want to thank Narveen for joining us this week, and we want to thank you guys for joining us week after week after week. We are so excited about that. Yes. Be sure to join us next week for another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will, a stay well at the beginning of the week. And another great traditional episode towards the end of the week. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) You can check out today's topics as well as more about Narveen on our website. ChrisandWill.com. That's right. And you can check out our podcast magazine article. What? Yeah, it it (laughs) dropped this month. You can also check that out on our website. You can send all your friends and yourself to follow us on Instagram. At Chris.Ann.Will. Absolutely. You know, you guys, we love to entertain. Mm -hmm. So, we love you and that's what makes it even great and remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return but for now we have to go please stay well stay safe out there and let's see us together for another great tomorrow but we gotta go bye bye